0: In this interview, Robert talks to Jonathan Jay. For over 20 years, Jonathan has bought and sold companies, restructured groups, bought out competitors, and successfully completed private equity deals, both buy side and sell side. Robert and Jonathan discuss schoolboy errors when buying, the process of buying and selling, restructuring accounts, and buying an agency without your own cash. So what are the schoolboy errors in in buying a business in, in yeah. generally in buying a business? Okay, so so first of all, um, the first port of call for anyone who is uninitiated about buying a company is to go to a, a website. Um, there are. Uh, Um, websites with thousands of businesses listed um, or to go to a broker they've all got websites as well so the first port of call for most people is just to to go to their laptop and uh, Google businesses for sale and find all these brokers Um, however uh, you know these brokers are experts in selling business different levels of expertise I I have to add but but they but they know more about selling a business than you know more about buying a business you are a massive disadvantage The second disadvantage that you're at is that you're now in a competitive space. We've all walked into an estate agent, expressed Mm -hmm. interest in a property, and they say, oh, we did three viewings yesterday. You better get in there quickly with an offer. And you don't quite know whether it's true or not. But if you you fall in love with a property, you don't want to risk it. So who knows if we overpay because of that. But business buyers overpay because the entrepreneurial nature rises to the top and they think oh my goodness I need this I need this I need this I want to buy this how can I find the extra money the next error is that the broker will lead you to believe the way to pay for this business is with cash on day one Um, that's a little bit uh, like an estate agent saying well if you want to buy this million pound flat um, I hope you've got a million pounds and everyone would say well that's just ridiculous you get a mortgage for 85% of it don't you uh, but when you buy a business uh, all that common sense goes out the window and people think you just got you've got to cough up the cash on day 1 uh, well you don't because you can structure deals in many many creative ways uh, brokers don't like this because it's harder work for them and it's a lot easier if someone rolls up with a um, uh, you know they've sold their house in london um, they've got a Big chunk of cash in the bank, and uh, and, and as they say, a, a, a fool and their money is soon parted. And they think, oh my goodness, right, we'll just get that money out of their bank account into our clients, and of course, we get five, six, seven, eight percent of that as well. So, uh, so these are the sorts of mistakes that people make. Is it's strategically incorrect right from the start. So you put yourself in a competitive scenario with someone who knows more about it than you do, who then tells you this is how it works, and you've got no, you've got. You don't know whether that's correct or not, but you, it sounds convincing. So you go along with it. Uh, and before you know it, they're asking you, and this is absolutely true, Rob. They ask you for copies of your bank statements. They want to see your pension fund. They want to see your your, your ISIS because you know, if you're showing them the money, believe me, they will spend it for you. Uh, so that's why the people that I work with do it completely differently uh, because yeah you're, you're just placing yourself in such a disadvantaged position from the very first moment okay so that's the some of the cardinal errors so is there a is there a a five step process or a or, a, no, or a, mod, a, a model that you can work 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 to yeah there's a process i'm not sure if it's five steps but i but i'll give you a i'll give you a process so the process is um you, you you could very specifically say, I want to buy this type of business of a certain size in this geography. But typically what happens then is that you are limiting yourself massively. And that's when I have people come to me and say, I've, I've looked for the ideal business that I want to buy. And there's only three of them. Well, that's like saying, I want to buy a house, but I want a house that's uh, red brick, uh, that's semi-detached, It's got to be in this road, and it must be on the left-hand side of the street. um, This end of the street. I mean, you're limiting yourself so much. What are the chances of one of those homeowners selling you their property? And if there's only three businesses that you could possibly buy, you'd have to be extremely lucky. Now, luck always plays a part in everything, uh, but we can't count on luck to be a, a reliable strategy. So, I always say start nice and wide, because you can narrow it down later. Because you thought that you didn't want to buy a business in harrogate because you're based in leeds and harrogate was a little bit too far for you but you know what once you've been over there once you think actually this is quite an easy drive it's easier than i thought so if you limit yourself too early then your chances of success diminish dramatically so i would say start wide second thing is put together a mailing list of all those businesses and you can do this from a number of sources i mean the obvious sources are um, you know all the company house data that's uh, uh, put together by Experian and um, CreditSafe and all these yeah. people. Um, yeah, you know, Yellow Pages data. Um, you know, uh, uh, subscriber lists from publications. You know, really anywhere you can find. I mean, w- when I was selling a digital business, I got my receptionist, who didn't seem to do very much, to <laughs> She, to sit there and go onto Google okay. and Google all these different search terms that I gave her and go past page 10, past mm-hmm. page 20, and she put together a list of 1,000 prospective buyers and we sold to one of those 1,000. So once you've got your list, you want to contact your list. And I have a superb letter that I use that can be adapted to any, uh, any sector. And you send the letter out and within 24 hours of that letter going out the door, the phone starts to ring. And then I just talk to people. So that's where you discover that the business in Harrogate that you thought you would have absolutely not been interested in, actually, you know what? That could actually be a good business business to buy. Uh, and then you start to discover that maybe it's not just businesses identical to yours. Maybe it's complementary businesses. So if you're SEO, maybe it's video production or social media. So then you can start to put together a, a digital marketing group as opposed to just doing one thing. I mean, it's horses for courses and there are different strategies, but I mean, this, this is, I'm speaking quite generally here. And then you have the conversation with the business owner. And the conversation has to fulfill certain criteria because you need to establish your credibility. Even if you've never bought a business before, you've got to sound like you've done it a hundred times. And I have a 14 point checklist that I follow that actually gives me a, a structure that I use even now, after doing this for years, because I don't want to miss something out because my mind goes blank. You know, I was distracted by something and you know, I forget. So I always have it written down. I then arrange a meeting if they pass my 14-point checklist. And that meeting, uh, I prefer to do face-to-face. I can also do it by Zoom. It really, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's probably not quite as effective being able to have a coffee face-to-face, but it's better than not doing it at all. As a result of that, I will know how much they want for the business, how to structure the deal, whether it's a realistic amount. So, by the end of that 45 to 60 minute meeting on Zoom or face to face, I know whether a deal is likely to happen. I then want to have a second meeting. So, it's slightly more than five points, but I'm nearly finished. And then I have the second meeting, and the second meeting allows us to get to heads of terms, which, of course, is the pre contract to the the main sale and purchase agreement. And um, a little, a little interesting thing on this rub is that everyone thinks that the negotiation of the price and the terms happens before you sign the heads of terms. And everyone thinks that's where all the negotiation is. It's not true because at that stage you haven't done any due diligence. Mm-hmm. You only know what they've told you and half of what they've told you isn't true. So, In actual fact, the heads of terms is not really designed to nail down price and terms. That comes later in the 12-week process between there and the sale and purchase agreement. The heads of terms is designed to get you exclusivity so that they aren't talking to anyone else. And that is the sort of way I like to stack the the cards in my favor because now they haven't got anyone else to talk to. They can't because they've signed a legally binding agreement that for one pound I I've bought their exclusivity for the next 12 weeks. And now it's just me and them and all the other stuff comes later.